वेलकम टू हिट बुल्स आईज पॉडकास्ट बिग बुल की पाठशाला वी हेल्प स्टूडेंट्स रियलाइज देयर करियर ड्रीम्स थैंक यू फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन एंड मेकिंग योर चॉइस टू सक्सीड इन योर करियर वेलकम टू हिट बुल्स आईज पॉडकास्ट वेयर वी आर ट्राइंग टू कीप यू अहेड ऑफ कंपटीशन बाय शेयरिंग करंट अफेयर्स टिप्स फॉर वेरियस एग्जाम्स and interviews with eminent speakers make sure you follow the podcast and share this episode with your friends who are preparing for any competitive exam my name is manish and in today's episode we are going to cover the current affairs of the 5th week of may so let's take a look at the topics one by one there are so many important things that have happened this week uh, some of them are not very good incidents some of them are really unfortunate incidents so we will have a look at all of these there are some really important persons who have been appointed and important positions there are certain people whose obituaries uh, we will read today so let's get started first uh, natarajan sundar has joined narcl as its managing director and ceo narcl is national asset reconstruction company limited narcl so we will have a look at that second center settles gst compensation debts so goods and services tax is something that has always remained a bone of contention between the center and the states and the center is supposed to compensate the states and it is that compensation that is being talked about here the third is uh, the rezavik open 2022 so rezavik is the capital of iceland and there a chess tournament has been held in which an indian prodigy has made india proud once again next 2022 global food policy report has come out which is another scathing indictment of the climate change that the world is facing next new arunachal monkey species has been discovered we will have a look at that because a uh, wildlife and its species whenever they are discovered they are important from the exam point of view the ipl 2022 final so of course uh, a majority of indians are either cricket watchers or cricket players so ipl 2022 final has been held we will have a look at the winners the winner ups and various awards that have been awarded including the purple cap and the orange cap award next 2021's highest paid ceo or chief executive officer so this list is launched by fortune 500 company and we will see which person or who has emerged as the top paid ceo for 2021 next justice mohanty has got the additional charge as the lokpal chairperson of india so the lokpal for which anna hazare led an agitation in 2011 and the act was passed in 2013 the first lokpal was uh, was you know appointed in 2017 and now that the term has been completed so it remains to be seen who the next lokpal will be but till then justice mohanty has taken the additional charge next punjabi singer siddhu mosewala or shubdeep singh siddhu has been shot dead so we will have a look at uh, his political career and you know other facts associated with it another tragic news saw bollywood singer kk dying after performing at a concert in kolkata in another news uttarakhand has formed panel to implement the uniform civil code the country is experiencing a new debate on whether the uniform civil code should be implemented or not and amid all this debate uttarakhand has formed a panel headed by a reti- retired supreme court judge to Uh, to recommend a uniform civil code for the state 
Next, Bihar has India's largest gold reserves. This has been found in a survey. And finally, the V. Shantaram Lifetime Achievement Award has been given away at the Mumbai International Film Fair Festival. So we will have a look at that as well. So with all these news, let's get into the details. First, Natarajan Sundar joins NARCL. So NARCL is basically, as I told you, National Asset Reconstruction Company Limited. And in other words, it is also known as the bad bank. So for many years, the Indian banks have been facing the issue of bad debts or what is known as the NPA crisis, you know, the non-performing assets crisis. And due to that, uh, this NARCL was envisaged a few years back. And the purpose is to reduce the bad debt burden of these banks, the NPA burden of these banks. So this is a really important financial institution of India. And now Mr. Natarajan Sundar is going to be its MD and CEO. So you would understand that any person who is heading this particular body needs to have a lot of experience in the banking and financial sector. So Mr. Sundar is no novice. He is a banking veteran having served State Bank of India for 37 years. So he's a really uh, like super senior uh, person who has a lot of experience of the banking sector. And he is uh, he retired as the deputy MD and chief credit officer of State Bank of India, which is the largest public sector bank of India. And his selection was through a competitive ex, uh, you know, process in which an open advertisement was given and interviews were conducted in the month of April. The selection panel consisted of senior bankers from both public and private sectors. So it was not like the government handpicked uh, you know, someone to head such an important institution. The reason for the competitive selection is that a person who is heading this particular body needs to be impartial because otherwise the person may favor you know private banks for bad debt resolution or maybe public sector banks for the bad debt resolution but the person needs to be impartial and that is why the selection panel consists of both uh, officials from the public sector as well as the private sector banks so mr natarajan is the chairperson in another news center has settled the gst compensation debt of the states so the goods and services tax was introduced in India in the year 2017. In the year 2017, it was the 1st of July when this uh, goods and services tax was implemented. So on the night, midnight of 30th June and 1st of July, this tax reform, the largest indirect tax reform in India was implemented on 1st of July 2017. And this year on 1st of July, that is next month, it will be completing five years of its existence. And this uh, reform was done through a constitutional amendment. That is the 101st Constitutional Amendment Act. And the reason why it required a constitutional amendment is because uh, the distribution of taxation powers between the center and states was getting affected. Now, in the Constitution of India, there is a part that talks about the center-state relations. And in those relations, there is a uh, you know, subset that is known as the financial relations between the center and the states. So through GST, the taxation powers of the center and state got altered and a new body was created, which was the GST Council. Anyway, so beside all those facts, another important fact is that 
for the first five years, it was presumed that the states are going to lose uh, some of their chunk, you know, of tax because most of the taxes were subsumed into a single tax. So keeping that possibility in mind, it was agreed that for the first five years, that is from 2017 till 2022, the center is going to compensate the states for the revenue foregone or for, you know, it's kind to, it's like center compensating the states for the revenue foregone. So this is the last tranche of payment that has been gone, you know, that has been given to the states. So like five years are getting completed. So after this, the center will not be paying anything to the states because it's like the initial uh, shock, uh, you know, you can say it's like a shock effect. Like when you re when you implement such a big reform, it is uh, apprehensive, you know, it is apprehended that there might be some problems, you know, and these problems are like running into lakhs of crores of rupees. So for that, the states on a safer side demanded that we be given some compensation and center was giving that compensation. So this compensation that has been given now is the last uh, installment of that. So center has settled that and the total amount is uh, roughly around uh, 82,000 crore rupees. So center only had 25,000 crore rupees, but it arranged other money, you know, from somewhere else and they have paid it. So according to the present laws, the center is required to compensate the states for any revenue lost as a result of GST till 30th of June. The reason, again, because on 30th of June 2022, it will be five years since the GST got implemented. And hence, after 30th June 2022, the center and the states are on par, you know, at par with each other. So center will not be compensating states after this particular target. Although, uh, you know, it is highly expected that the states are going to demand from the center that this compensation be continued for, you know, a few more years. But it remains to be seen whether the center agrees to it or not. Next, Rezavik Open 2022. So it's a chess tournament, Rezavik Open. And a few months back, you know, we discussed the news in which an Indian prodigy, an Indian chess prodigy, Ramesh Babu Pragnananda or R. Pragnananda has defeated the world number one Magnus Carlsen. So he has defeated Magnus Carlsen the second time in the Rezavik Open. So this is a really jaw-dropping performance by Ramesh Babu Pragnananda. In the last three to four years, this you know young boy has traveled over 30 countries and he has won most of the tournaments he has participated in so he uh, you know if he continues performing the same way in the next few years he's slated to become the world's you know most renowned chess player that is the potential that ramesh babu pragnananda has displayed so he has defeated the world number one multiple times in a quick span of time and he was the world champion in under eight category so is a really promising, uh, you know, chess player of India after Vishwanathan Anand. Next news, 2022 Global Food Policy Report. So this report, just like all other reports of the IPCC, that is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has again, uh, you know, pointed fingers at the anthropological reasons for climate change. And one of the major reasons, according to this, is you know, food systems. So according to recent estimates, food systems account for more than one third of the greenhouse gas emissions that cause climate change. 
making it their reduction critical to any mitigation attempt. So according to this report, unless we change our food habits, it is very difficult to control climate change. No doubt, we are doing uh, a lot many things on the renewable energy front. We are doing a lot of things on the electric mobility front. But we also need to take steps on the agriculture and food consuming habits so that the overall impact of the climate change can be reversed in a more formidable manner. So that is what this report has warned. Now, what kind of food habits they're talking about? Like in India, we consume a lot of rice. You know, rice is a water guzzling crop. So it is a major concern of this report that crops that take a lot of water, that release a lot of methane. And other than that, non-vegetarian food like beef, you know, it consumes a lot of resources uh, of the earth and they are then consumed by the human beings. So that lead, uh, also leads to climate change. So all these habits need to change. That is what the report has pointed out. Most important fact that this report is issued by the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Next, a new monkey species has been discovered in the state of Arunachal Pradesh. And uh, the name of this species is the Sela macaque. Sela. So what is a Sela? So Sela macaque is, of course, a macaque who was geographically separated from the Arunachal macaque. So Arunachal macaque is another, you know, species of uh, Arunachal monkey. So he, uh, you know, Sela macaque species was separated from the Arunachal macaque by the Sela Pass. Sela Pass is an eastern Himalayan pass located at an altitude of around 13,700 feet. So due to that pass, you know, these two species got separated and now it has been named as the Sela macaque after the Himalayan Pass, Sela Pass. And now it has been identified and analyzed by a team of experts from the Zoological Survey of India and the University of Calcutta. So whenever a new species of any animal or a plant is found, it is always, you know, a matter of pride, a matter of happiness for uh, the nature lovers also because we are, you know, it's, it's very normal to see so many species getting extinct. But at such a time, if we find some new species that add to our biodiversity, that is really a cause of celebration. Next, the IPL 2022. So the Indian Premier League 2022 has been won by Gujarat Titans. Gujarat Titans has emerged as the winner and they have defeated Rajasthan Royals, who were, I think, the champions in the first uh, uh, you know, first IPL. And this here is the 15th edition of the IPL. So IPL started in 2007. And this is the 15th edition of the IPL or the Indian Premier League. And in this uh, tournament, there are two awards that are given. One to the sports person who has taken the most number of wickets during the tournament. And second is to the one who has made the most number of runs. So the most wicket taker is known as the purple cap winner who is Yuzvendra Chahal with 27 wickets in this IPL season. And the most run getter is known as the orange cap winner. And this time the orange cap winner is Jaws Butler with 863 runs. So the purple cap and the orange cap and the winner is Gujarat Titans. 
So according to the Fortune magazine, the Fortune 500, 2021's highest paid CEO in the world is none other than Elon Musk. So Elon Musk, the CEO and founder of Tesla and SpaceX, among others, is the highest paid CEO of 2021. And he has topped this Fortune's new lists. So Fortune has released this list for the first time. And... Uh, his total revenue, his total compensation for 2021 was $23.5 billion. $23.5 billion. $1 billion in Indian currency would be 7,500 crore rupees. So $23.5 billion would be somewhere around 1,70,000 crore rupees. Somewhere around 1,70,000 crore rupees. That is the compensation that has been received by Elon Musk. And also we have discussed in one of the previous videos that he is the richest man in the world according to so many lists that were issued at the end of 2021 and at the beginning of 2022. Recently he was also in news because he has bought Twitter. So now after Tesla and SpaceX, he has Twitter in his prized possessions. Next, Justice Mohanty has got additional charge as the Lokpal chairperson. So. It was in the year 2011 when, you know, Anna Hazare and some other activists that included Kiran Bedi, Arvind Kejriwal, Prashant Bhushan, Shanti Bhushan, Kumar Vishwas, all these people, they started this agitation called India Against Corruption. And the purpose of the agitation was to push the central government, which was the UPA at that time led by the Congress, to push the central government to pass the Lokpal and Lokayuktas bill and to turn it into an act. The purpose was to stop corruption at the highest levels of government. Later on, the act was passed in 2013, but it was not until 2019 that an actual Lokpal was appointed. So the first Lokpal that was appointed by, uh, you know, by the NDA government was Pinaki Chandra Ghosh or PC Ghosh. But now that term of Mr. Pinaki Chandra Ghosh has come to an end. So justice, uh, Pradeep Kumar Mohanty or PK Mohanty has been given the additional charge of Lokpal chairperson. Right, so other than this, there are six members in the Lokpal and the Lokpal and Lokayuktas Act was passed in 2013 to stop corruption in public service. A Lokpal chief is appointed for a term of five years and the retirement age is 70 years. The reason why the retirement age is 70 years is because the eligibility to become a Lokpal is that the person should be a Chief Justice of India or a former judge of the Supreme Court. And the retired, uh, you know, the retirement age of a Supreme Court judge in India is 65 years. So it makes sense that if a person is retiring at the age of 65 and he needs to serve for another five years, then the retirement age should be at least 70. And that is why the retirement age of Lokpal has been kept at 70. So Lokpal chief and its members are appointed by the president, but the president is just the appointing authority, not the selection authority. So who selects the Lokpal and its members? The selection committee comprises of number one, the prime minister of India, number two, the speaker of the Lok Sabha, number three, the leader of opposition in the Lok Sabha, number four, the chief justice of India or a judge of the Supreme Court nominated by him. And number five, an eminent jurist recommended by 
the chairperson and members of the selection panel. So it's a five member committee that includes judiciary, executive and even the opposition. So that it can be ensured that whoever is selected as the Lokpal and its members are impartial. It has the say of the government, of the opposition, as well as the oversight of the judiciary. And that is how this entire thing was panned out. Next, Punjabi singer Sidhu Musewala has been shot dead. So his full name was Shubdeep Singh Sidhu. And uh, it has raised two or three issues. First thing that you need to know about is that you know, if you are from any other part of India, of course, you should know that he is a Punjabi singer. So the kind of question that you get on this is, you know, the vocation of the person who has died. So he was a singer and lyricist. So songwriter as well as singer, both number one. The second fact that you need to know is that he, he was associated with the Congress. So he had contested the Punjab elections of 2022, the Punjab Assembly elections on an assembly ticket from Mansa, which is a district of Punjab. Right. This is the second fact, his political lineage that you should know. The third fact is that one of the major reasons believed to be behind his death is the withdrawal of security cover by the state government of Punjab. And the procedure for that is that the intelligence and security agencies carry out a threat perception survey and a threat perception report is prepared you know a report that actually uh, quantifies the level of threat that any person faces can be a sports person can be a famous personality can be a politician anyone so the threat perception report is prepared by the security and intelligence agencies and is presented to the state police and it is generally, uh, you know, passed on to the DGP, who is the highest police officer in the state. And once the DGP reads the report, you know, then the decisions are taken. And based on that, the security is either given or withdrawn. So if the threat perception of a person shows an increased threat perception, then the security is given. And if the threat perception has lowered, then the security may be withdrawn. Now, whenever the security is withdrawn and the list goes to the DGP or to other police officials, it is supposed to remain secret it is supposed to remain confidential and it is not to be leaked to the media so that you know it is not common knowledge that security has been withdrawn otherwise it may cause a threat to rise again but this time this lapse was witnessed that when the security was toned down of 400 plus vvips in punjab the list got leaked in the media and just one day after that he was shot dead so there are so many issues involved there are procedural lapses and that is why the Punjab and Haryana High Court has asked the government of Punjab to explain how the list got released, number one. And number two, what was the basis for the withdrawal of security to all these persons, whether the threat perception analysis was conducted or not. So these are the issues that one needs to delve into. In another unfortunate news, the famous Bollywood singer KK with full name Krishna Kumar Kunath has died of a cardiac arrest after performing at a live concert in Kolkata. So he was visibly, uh, you know, feeling uneasy and that is why perhaps he has died. He was regarded as one of the top singers of Bollywood and he also sang, other than Hindi, also sang in Bengali, Tamil, Kannada, Malayalam, Marathi and Assamese. So he was such a multi-verse talent. Next, Uttarakhand has formed a panel to implement the Uniform Civil Code. 
So these days, the country is going through a debate whether the Uniform Civil Code should be implemented or not. To understand in simple words, Uniform Civil Code means that for the purpose of all the civil and family matters, that includes marriage, divorce, adoption, maintenance, succession, inheritance and you know all these family matters right now all these matters are governed by the religious laws for example the hindu marriage act the anand karaj act the special marriage act the christian marriage act you know the muslim marriage act for example right so there is no common code and the problem with that is that there are certain customs and traditions in some religions that go against the fundamental principles of the constitution like some of the provisions go against the fundamental rights whether you talk about the triple talaq or if you talk about for example child marriage was prevalent in hindus still prevalent in many parts of rajasthan then you have the sati pratha was prevalent in amongst the hindus which of course goes against the right to life so there are so many problematic customs and traditions in various religions in the name of religion you know that they have to face in case of their religious laws but once there is a uniform civil code it will be seen that all the provisions are in conformity with the principles of the constitution so that is what a uniform civil code is and the constitution in article 44 which is a directive principle of state policy means that it is a direction to the state that for the purpose of uh, welfare, you need to make this policy sometime in the future. So the constitution makers had asked the government, you know, sometime in the future, of course, that whenever you deem fit, a uniform civil code should be implemented for India. And now the debate has again, you know, caused flutter. Goa is a state that already has a uniform civil code because it was ruled by the Portuguese and they implemented it there. And even after independence, it continued to be operated. So Goa is cited as a model for the Uniform Civil Code to be implemented throughout India and the Supreme Court in various judgments has exhorted the state that if Goa can have a Uniform Civil Code, why can't the entire country can? So that is why the government has also, you know, is trying to see whether Uniform Civil Code can be implemented. But before that, there needs to be a consensus. Amid all this, Uttarakhand has taken a lead and has, you know, established a committee under a retired Supreme Court judge, Justice Ranjana Desai, to see the feasibility of a uniform civil code for the state. Other members of the committee are Delhi High Court Judge Pramod Kohli and ex-State Chief Secretaries Shatrugan Singh, Manu Gaud and Surekha Dangwal. So it's a really high member committee, you know, Chief Secretaries and Supreme Court and High Court judges being there. So it remains to be seen what this committee recommends and if Uttarakhand chooses to implement a uniform civil code, it remains to be seen what are the results of that, how it is different from the other uh, states, you know, the way other states are implementing the family law. And if the Uttarakhand example proves to be beneficial, then it might have a domino effect. Other states might adopt the same model law that Uttarakhand has. So it remains to be seen what comes out of it. Next, Bihar has India's largest gold reserve. So the Geological Survey of India has conducted a survey and according to this, there is a gold reserve of around 222 million tons. 
it's a humongous amount you know 222.88 million tons of gold reserves are there in the jamui district of bihar so this is what the geological survey of india has found that means it is a scientific discovery it's not a rumor or something and that is why bihar cm nitish kumar has said that uh, he will give permission for the exploration of india's largest gold reserve so this is the largest gold reserve that india has surveyed ever so if it is explored maybe you know bihar can become a state with the largest gold reserve it will change the economy the society the entire scenario of the state and it's a good thing because bihar is one of the you know the so called bimaru states of india bimaru is a term that reflects that the state is poor bimar or ill you know economically ill so you say so bimaru stands for b for bihar m for madhya pradesh r for rajasthan and u for uttar pradesh so bimaru is what it means so bihar of course is one of the bimaru states and if this reserve is found and it is used well it can help the state overcome many of its economic and social problems in the last news v shantaram lifetime achievement award has been given at the 17th mumbai international film festival of india that is miff 2022 So this is a, a you know very high level award of course it's a lifetime achievement award and it has been given to noted author and documentary filmmaker Sri Sanjeet Narvekar so Sri Sanjeet Narvekar is the winner of this year's Vishantaram lifetime achievement award the award was given away by Piyush Goyal who is the union minister of commerce and industry consumer affairs food and public distribution and textile so quite a lot of portfolios mr goel has so he has given away the award so it carries a cash prize of 10 lakh rupees a golden conch and a citation most important thing for you to remember is the name of mr sanjeet narvekar as the winner of this v shantaram lifetime achievement award so that is it for this week's current affairs it covered a lot you know many good news many bad news that is how it is it's a mixed pack so i hope you like this session if you did please subscribe to the channel please follow us on all the social media platforms next week we will be back with a whole new set of current affairs thank you so much and take care